According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media, it's your girl Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these crazy ass streets. Guys, we have been dealing with La Covida Maria for a little over two and a half years now, right? So it's going to be three years since we've been dealing with COVID-19. It's impacted our lives in ways that we are still trying to measure, Right. Um, and we've been trying to be safe. At least some of us have been trying to be safe up in these streets. And we are finally getting to a point where even though people are still catching COVID every single day, you know, the cases are milder, um, you know, hospitalizations are low, deaths are not as high. We have gotten to a point where we're like, you know what? It is what it is. I'm not going to stop my life. I'm not going to stop my dating life. I'm going to be out here in these streets, seeing what I can get, seeing what I can do. Again, just living life and not letting COVID prevent you from being your best self. We are finally getting to that point. And now the CDC has declared that the monkey pox, the monkey freaking pox, is now a health emergency. In fact, New York State is the second major city, or not New York State, but New York City, is the second major city to declare health emergency over monkey pox. Now, at this point, I'm just like, what is happening here? I think the latest statistics from the CDC were that New York, I don't know if it was New York State or if it was just New York City, either way, 900 cases of the monkey pox. I believe it's New York City. So the epicenter, once again, for disease. So for singles who are trying to be out here mingling, <laughs> you know, we were we were prevented from mingling too hard because of COVID. And now we're like, all right, let's let's dip maybe two toes into the dating pond. Now we have the monkey pox. And at this point, I can tell you, I am not afraid of COVID the way that I was a year ago, two years ago, even six months ago. I don't want to catch it, so I'm not out here being reckless, but I am not as afraid of COVID as I was. The monkeypox, I am afraid of the monkeypox. I want nothing to do with the monkeypox at all. And it seems as if it is getting harder and harder for people to be out here in these streets, even those of us who are only dipping one toe. It is hard for us to be out here in these streets to engage and to mingle because not only are we dealing about COVID, you know, dealing with COVID, but we are dealing with this monkeypox. And we still don't really 100% know what the hell is going on with the monkeypox, right? Because I remember when it first came out, the reports were that you can catch monkeypox, you know, with skin to skin contact. And at some point, they were blaming the spread of the monkeypox um, on the LGBTQAI community. There was a whole bunch of like nonsense that was going on about, you know, where people were catching it, how they were catching it, what groups were responsible, et cetera, et cetera. We've been here before, right? But now I think they are saying that it is skin to skin contact, 
But then I'm hearing that you can catch it on surfaces. So it seems as if if you have the monkeypox, let's say you have it on your hand and you happen to be touching a table. And if I come behind you and I rub my arm on this table or I have my hand on this table, that that's how I can catch it, I guess. So, you know, with this type of uncertainty out here in these streets, I'm just like, I don't want to be out here. I don't want to partake in this society where they have no idea how monkeypox is really being transmitted. Because 900 cases in New York City, I, I just, I can't believe that it's just through, you know, skin to skin contact, right? Either way, I'm afraid. I'm scared. I don't want to be out here in these streets with this monkey pox. And this has been the conversation in many of my chat groups. People are literally, it's not just a me thing. A lot of my friends are just like, there goes dating. Like, we are not doing this. At this point, it's like, we might as well just sew it all up, tie it all up, <laughs> and call it a day. So I don't know. Guys, when I tell you to be straight, safe in these streets, I really mean it. Be safe in these streets. Um, I know that we all want to be out here. It's summertime. Well, summer is, I guess, over. Today is July 31st. A lot of you guys are going back to school tomorrow. Parents, you know, the, the vacation is over. Teachers, vacation is over. School starts this week for many across the country. And even in New York City, the charter schools are going back to school. So, you know, it's over. <laughs> summer is over. But for those of us, I guess, who, I don't know, who, who are still holding on until, you know, Labor Day, just be careful. Be careful in these streets. It's not safe. People are not safe. People are not forthcoming with, you know, what's going on with them. I mean, people literally have COVID and they know they have COVID and they're still out here in these streets. No mask, trying to get frisky, trying to get down with the get down. And so with monkeypox, I guess it's a little different because you can actually see the 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 pimples but then i heard that people can be asymptomatic with monkeypox so again the confusion is real i don't know what's going on and i don't really want to find out either so i don't know i don't know what to say guys <laughs> it's like if it's not one thing it's another thing like if it's like after monkeypox it's going to be something else i just feel like it's back to back to back and like my mother would say jesus at la porte jesus is at the door um, you know, the world is about to end like this is, you know, it's a wrap for all of us. So I don't know. Either way, on a lighter note, <laughs> I wanted to thank all of you who tuned into uh, last week's panel discussion from Black Ivy Media um, on the overturn of Roe v. Wade. And this panel essentially focused more so on the mental health uh, implications and impacts. We had an amazing panel of healing professionals that really just wanted to help you all understand how we can cope with this overturn, with the news of this overturn, what we can do as a community to support those who are really going through it. Understanding that this decision to overturn Roe v. Wade, you know, does not just impact pregnant women, women who are planning on getting pregnant, it impacts everybody, it impacts men, it impacts women who have no plans to be married, you know, and just want to live their lives. It impacts children, it impacts teens, it impacts everyone. And so um, learning how we can raise better awareness, you know, around these issues, around the right to choose, around, you know, abortion services, um, 
understanding that abortion should not necessarily be seen as an elective um procedure where it's like, oh, I just feel like having an abortion today, but that there are many situations where, you know, there is a serious medical reason as to why an abortion needs to be performed. And it may not raise to the level of what the states are saying, emergency to save the life of the mother, but it it could still be a very serious health concern that having the abortion would be you know, life-saving, necessary, however you want to phrase it. Um, I think it was very informational. I think that people who do tune in after the fact, because it is still available on our YouTube channel, Black Ivy Media. Uh, for those of you who are going to be watching it after the fact, um, you'll be able to gain some perspective, um, again, on how this impacts one mentally, how this impacts the community. It's not just an individual thing. This is a societal issue. This is a national issue. And I don't want to go too much into it because I do want you guys to watch the panel um, because I think that if you do, you'll be able to really understand the magnitude of this decision and that it's not really just about the right to an abortion. Like it, there's more to it than that. So take a look at it, you know, um, if you have any comments, if you have any questions, feel free to comment under the YouTube. It's also, I think if you follow us on Facebook, it should still be part of our feed on Facebook. You comment there. If you have more in-depth questions that you want to ask members of the panel, you could send us an email at info at blackivymedia.com and I'll be able to field the questions to the appropriate parties. Um, but it was a really great uh, panel discussion. Like I said, very informative. And um, we do plan on having more panel discussions, not necessarily along the lines of Roe v. Wade, but with this particular group, this, this group of healing professionals, there are so many different um uh, you know, things that, that came up during that conversation that we may want to flesh out in general. And so definitely look out for more panel discussions, more opportunities to have these types of conversations because they're important and they're necessary. You know, we may have our opinions, we may have our beliefs, but at the end of the day, we still need to come together to hear each other out so that there could at least be some kind of understanding, right? And I think it's when we get to the point of understanding that we get to the point of real respect. And so that's kind of where we want to end up at the end of the day, right? We are entitled to have our beliefs, our opinions, and we do not always have to agree, but there still has to be a level of understanding and a level of respect that is due to each and every one of us as human beings and global citizens of this earth. So there's that. <laughs> I also want to plug in the fact that we will be having our third annual Poetry in the Park in Prospect Park, of course. So on Sunday, August 28th, between the hours of 5 p.m. and 8 p.m., Black Ivy Media will be hosting its third annual um, Poetry in the Park. The exact location will be you know, announced at a, at a later time. But this event is one that is dear to me. It's the it's the one event that I must have every single year. You know, this year was a little, was a little hard um, for me. And so that means hard for Black Ivy Media. But I made sure that we did not skimp out on this event because every year it gets better and better. And honestly, it's just an opportunity for us to just bask in dopeness, you know, really 
just be one with, you know, our community, with ourselves, be vulnerable, um, share our talents with each other. Um, it's just a really great time, a really dope time. And we already have an amazing lineup of poets and singers, motivational speakers that is just ready to just share the love. So you guys can register for the event. It's a free event as always. Um, you can go to BIM Poetry in the Park 3, the number 3, dot eventbrite.com. So www.BIM Poetry in the Park with the number 3, dot eventbrite.com. And so you could also, actually, I should have made it easier for you. Follow us on Instagram. Because <laughs> I figured that I'm like, you know what? I might have lost some people with that. Just follow us on Instagram, Black Ivy Media, and go to our link in bio and you could click and register on the event right there. I don't know why I'm always complicating the lives of people. Um, but yes, definitely just do that. And again, I guarantee you it will be a super dope time. This is our third time doing it. Never had any complaints. Everybody is just, you know, excited to be out and to be reciting poetry and listening to poetry. You don't have to be a poet to attend the event. You could just be a lover of dopeness, a lover of poetry, a lover of poetic expression, because we are going to have people who are not just going to recite poetry, but they're going to sing, they're going to speak about, you know, whatever it is that's on their heart. Um, I do have a friend who is going to um, perform, I think, parts of a Shakespearean play. Like, I'm so excited. So I really hope that you guys who are in the New York City area or even the tri-state area, if you're willing to travel to Brooklyn, I hope you guys can be with us on that day. Now, we are going to go into our preliminaries and it is now time for the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week. Do you understand the words that are coming out of my mouth? May I have the definition? Um, what does keep keep mean? What's on fleek? Can you use it in a sentence? Hopping on fleek, Gillette. And it's going to be lit. Major key. It's time for the Urban Dictionary Word or Phrase of the Week. So this week's Urban Dictionary word or phrase of the week is recession dating. So for those of you who don't know, apparently we are officially in a recession. I know that there's some speculation that they're still trying to figure it out, but the report is already out, people. Don't let the White House, um, you know, fool you with semantics. We are in a recession. We'll talk about that at a later time. <laughs> but either way, recession dating. When you go out on a date with somebody you're not interested in to get a free meal due to the state of the economy. <laughs> okay. Example, sure, he's ugly, but the economy isn't too hot right now. We all have to resort to recession dating. Now, you know, I love how they tried to flip this, but this, this exact um, definition has been used and named so many different things. I can't remember what the other one was, but I know for a fact I have used this definition from Urban Dictionary with another, but they called it something else. They So this person is just clever. They just switched up a couple of words over, I guess, and called this recession dating and now is taking credit for something that actually, you know what? I think this I think this person was the same one 
who submitted the other definition. K. Lopstock? Interesting. But either way, back to, I guess, the, the definition at hand, recession dating. I mean, guys, the struggle is real. The struggle is real. It's been real even before the recession. I mean, if we're, if we're, if we're keeping it 100, the struggle has been real even before the recession, right? So women and men, but I guess mostly women. I mean, if I, if I'm, if I'm keeping everything 100, I guess mostly women have been, you know, using this tactic for decades, maybe even centuries. We're not interested. In you, sir, you're not interesting. You are not physically, you know, appealing. You are not easy on the eyes. However, maybe we want to be entertained. Maybe there's nothing better to do. Net- we've already watched all the Netflix we could for the evening. And maybe we're a little hungry and we're like, you know what? Let's just hit up Charlie and let let me get taken out on a date where I can be fed and I can be entertained. I can be, you know, in an area that has good ambiance and go home and take a nap. I'm not going to sit here and lie to you guys. I try to keep it fair. I try not to be biased just because I'm a woman. Do I engage in these things? No, I do not because I don't like leading people on. That is something I am absolutely against. I do not lead people on. If I'm hanging out with you, you ha- you know what it is. I am not about going out with men, you know, just for food. I can afford my own food. Thank God I know how to cook. It's never that serious for me, to be honest. If I want ambiance, I will take myself out and I will experience the ambiance. So I don't do that. But it's just because I don't think it's fair to lead people on. But that's me. However, for some of you out there, this is a sport. This is a sport for you. Going out with men who you have no interest in, who you do not like, you don't even think looks good. You would never introduce them to any of your friends, let alone your family members, but you have no problem having them take you out, feed you, and then take you back home for you to go to sleep. Um, this is something that has been going on probably from the beginning of time, to be very honest. It's not just about the recession. So I understand that this person wanted to be cute. They wanted to be on point. They wanted to be on par with what's happening here because we are talking about the recession. The recession is here. And so they wanted to kind of, you know, be relevant with this definition. But we have been doing this. Well, let me not say we because I don't do it, but people have been doing this even before the recession. And let me tell you this, when we get out of a recession, people are still going to be doing this. (laughs) So (laughs) it is what it is. So now moving on to the Haitian Creole word or phrase of the week. word or phrase of the week is sac gain la sac gain la basically what is happening here so the expression sac gain la can be used in many different settings and it could have many different meanings, right? As you guys have realized with um, the Haitian Creole language, one word can mean 10 different things depending on the inflection of your voice, depending on the scenario. Um, it is what it is. And I'm sure this is the same in many other, you know, languages and dialects and things of that nature, right? So in some instances, you can hear ips, 
sakila, right? Which can basically be the person just like calling out, like, I know what's happening here, but I need to let you know that I'm aware that something is happening here. So you better let me know what's happening here, right? It can also mean real curiosity or real nosiness, like sakila, Sakila. So now you're like really like asking, like, what is going on here? Right. Because you're curious. You want to know. You're nosy. Right. You're inquisitive. You want to know what's going on. So you might be like, Sakila. Sakila. Um, it could be used when, you know, uh, reprimanding another. Last week we talked about uh, reprimanding in one of our uh, Haitian Creole word or phrases. Right. Haitians love to reprimand people. <laughs> it is very big in our culture, reprimanding. And it's not just reprimanding children. It's reprimanding whoever they feel needs to be reprimanded. So they could be reprimanding uh, fellow adults. They don't care. People who they've never met before, they don't care. They're letting you know what it is. Um, if they're not happy about it, if they're not happy about you, you will know and they will not care. So you will be reprimanded by a stranger, right? It is what it is. So sakgela could be a reprimand. It could be sakgela. And it's not, they don't really care about what is happening. They are coming at you as a reprimand. So sakgela, again, it really means what is happening here, but it's not always used to actually get the answer. Like it's not always used as a question like what is happening here. It's, it's a lot of times rhetorical. If you've ever heard it hurled at you, you may want to check for the inflection. If there is a, if it sounds like a question, maybe you're being asked a question. If there is no question mark inflection and it's more of an exclamation, you may 99.99% of the time be in trouble. So if you hear it, if you're not, you know, Haitian, you know, Haitian American, if you're just like, I don't know what's going on with these Haitian people, but I hear Sagela and it's, I do not, it does not sound like a question. It sounds like a threat. It may be a threat and you should take it as a threat and you should proceed to exit stage left, stage right, whatever, get out of the situation because because you, your life may may be in danger <laughs> either way so now we're moving to um one of my favorite sections of the show i mean all of them are my favorite right because if they weren't my favorite i wouldn't do them but i love the big ups because i love shining light on people i like shining light on groups i like you know i just like bigging up things so it is now time for the big up of the week watch it and you can big up big up so this week's big up of the week goes to all of you Instagram herbalists, nutritionists, veganistas out there who are sharing the secrets, who are dropping the gems, who are putting people on without trying to sell me an ebook who was not trying to sell me consultation. Thank you. This is for you. And 
I would say over the last few months, I've really been following a lot of these gurus. And when I say gurus, I don't mean it in the negative sense. I mean it in the positive sense. Um, There are a lot of IG gurus out there, individuals who really know their stuff because one, they've either healed themselves or they're following these practices themselves um, and just sharing like a lot of health and wellness tips and not just like sharing the tips like, hey, guys, like this is what I do, like really giving you the ingredients, giving you the names of these products and even showing you how to mix things together, showing you how to put together these teas, these detoxes. I mean, I I have a sweet tooth. Those of you who know me, you guys know I'm a cookie monster. I'm a cake monster. I love sweets. I I should not be eating sweets, um, but I love sweets. Um, And I've been doing a good job, actually, of not engaging in sweets because I understand that sweets are a trigger for me. You know, with what I'm going through, I can't actually have sweets. So I will, let me clarify this before you guys get in my DM and say you should stay away from, from sugar. I do stay away from sugar. I love sweets, but it doesn't mean that I actually partake in them, which is why I think my life is going where it's going. I'm not happy all the time <laughs> because I don't get into engaging the things that make me happy. But I have actually done a really good job. Like I don't put sugar in my coffees and my teas. I don't really eat cookies in the house. Like if I go out, I'll have dessert, but I don't bring dessert to my house. Just like I don't drink at home. I do a good job to keep my house like clean when it comes to these things. I'm usually engaging in this stuff when I'm outside of the house. And you guys know I'm not always outside. So either way, anyways, (laughs) but I was trying to figure out how I got onto that whole long tangent, but it was a Instagram veganista who's been giving, you know, recipes and showing us how to put together um, healthy snacks, healthy treats. So like I said, I, I love I love the idea of sweets, but I don't engage in them. And Snickers was one of my favorite candy bars of all times. Aside from the Reese's Peanut Butter Cup, you guys know that I'm in love with Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. If you, if you wanna make my day, you're gonna bring me a Reese's Peanut Butter Cup. But now that I'm on, you know, a different time, I'm really trying to to stay true to this health and wellness thing um, and not engage in the man's products that are trying to bring the black people down. Um, I have discovered a lot of these um, alternatives to allow these sweets and treats that I've once enjoyed. So the Snicker bar, which I've had to leave alone because the last time I had it, it sent me into a diabetic coma, like literally. Um, I found I found a substitute for it. So there is this I don't remember, even remember this Instagram person's um, um, handle, but they showed me how to make a faux Snicker bar using dates. So essentially you cut open the date like a pitted date and you put in some organic peanut butter. You put in some organic peanuts. You get some organic dark chocolate. And then you, you know, you melt it, you melt the dark chocolate. And then after that, you know, you roll the, the date with the peanut butter in the chocolate and then you sprinkle it with some crushed peanuts. Guys, when I tell you very close to the Snicker bar, in fact, I gave it to my son and he was like, this kind of tastes like a Snicker bar. And so I've been kind of in, engaging, you know, in, in, in that lately, <laughs> but I just wanted to shout them out because again, you know, aside from the sweets that I'm making now, I have found a lot of relief for some of my ailments, for some of my issues, 
just by watching these Instagrammers really, you know, providing step-by-step guidance, the names of these herbs, like real details on the products that they are actually using. Um, And they're really out here changing people's lives. They're really out here helping people to improve their lives and showing that you can still live a very full life. You can still enjoy some of the things that you, you know, that you that you once enjoyed but are not really good for you but in a different sense right um and so i think that it's really important to have that kind of education available especially on platforms like instagram and and i mean youtube is youtube it is what it is but instagram is where i i mostly live and a lot of people live on instagram and they prefer instagram and i think that it's amazing that we have these individuals who are not afraid to share, you know, their process and to really share this goodness without expecting anything in return. Because I have seen a lot of gurus who, you know, they'll give you like two sentences and say like, if you want more, you have to buy my ebook. And I get it. Everything is a business. People have to make money however they're going to make money. But I really do appreciate those of you who are out there that are just like, listen, I'm not here to make money off of nobody. I just want my people to be healthy, to live the best life they can and to free themselves from these ailments and to know that there are solutions that do not include, you know, pharma. So big up to you guys. And this was a really big rant because I went on this whole tangent about sugar and and Snickers. <laughs> but the point of this is, is that uh, there are people out there who are truly genuine about their approach to, you know, wellness, and they have no problem sharing real gems and really just taking it a step further by even going step by step to show you how to achieve the life that you want to achieve. So shout out to you guys. Now, with every high, you guys know that there is a low and there were so many lows this week. And and the meat of the show is actually going to be a womp womp in and of itself. But this week's womp womp of the week goes to Applebee's because I don't know if you guys have seen Applebee's apparently is now in the beauty industry and they've recently released a line of chicken flavor lip glosses. So one of them is called Be My Honey Pepper. The other one is Honey BBQ Tea, um, Sweet Chili Kiss, and Get Me Hot Buffalo. And here's the kicker. Not only is Applebee's now, I guess, embarking on the beauty industry and selling chicken-flavored lip glosses, they have the audacity to charge $65 United States currency for this lip gloss, for this lip chap, essentially, right? Now, I'm not sure if it's because we are in a recession and Applebee's is trying to make sure that they're creating multiple streams of income. I don't know who... Is is Applebee's still popping, guys? Let me know because I really don't know. Is Applebee's still popping? Are people still eating at Applebee's? Is Applebee's at risk of shutting down? Like... I don't know. Like I used to love going to Applebee's and but I'm not really so much of a fast food person anymore. I don't really do chain restaurants as much as I used to when I was coming up rubbing my two quarters together. But I'm confused as to where Applebee's is going with this, to be very honest. And then to have the audacity to charge $65 United States currency for a lip gloss that makes that tastes like chicken. 
Or I don't even know if does it smell like chicken too? I'm not sure. I don't think I read that far to see if it smells like chicken. But apparent does it taste like chicken? Like I don't know what's happening with this. And I would like to say, you know, it is important for people to stay in their lane. I understand that multiple streams of income is a thing now, right? And it's not just for individuals. It looks like brands clearly are trying to to be relevant in, in more than one space. And sometimes it makes sense for a brand, you know, maybe a skincare brand to kind of go into you know, like actual like makeup as opposed to, you know, butters and, and, and creams and things like that. Right. Um, maybe clothing, you know, the uh, clothing brands going into maybe, I don't know, accessories. Like sometimes it makes sense to really, you know, jump into a different industry and maybe not be in a different industry, but expand what you already have. Right. So you if you were only doing hats, maybe you want to do ties, it, you know, things like that. You guys get my point. But Applebee's for as long as I can remember has always been a food joint, a a chain restaurant, you know, maybe two steps above a McDonald's, right? That's what I've always known Applebee's to be. So it is quite interesting for me to see that Applebee's is trying to break into the beauty industry with chicken flavor lip glosses. Like it doesn't make, it, it, it's, 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 not, it's not making sense. You know how people say make it make sense? It's not making sense to me. The math is not mathing when it comes to this. And then you want to charge $65. I think that's the other piece that really threw me is that you want to charge $65 for this. I don't even think Zephora, the, the Sephora brand has lip gloss that costs $65. So it's like if if Rihanna is not charging $65 for her lip gloss, why Applebee's do you think that you can charge $65 for your chicken tasting, maybe smelling or whatever, lip chap. Like it doesn't make sense to me. And I really feel like this this whole recession thing is really making people go crazy. And I often wonder, you know, who who are the decision makers? Who is sitting at the table saying, this is what we need to do, Applebee's? This is the next best thing. Chicken flavor or chicken, yeah, chicken flavor, um, hot wing flavor, lip glosses. Like, where are they displaying this? Is it going to be on the menu to say, okay, guys, with your number, you know, with your number one, if you're the number one, if you do the two for two, you can, like, you can also get a lip gloss. Like, I don't, like, is this going to be in the stores now? Are we going to see Applebee's lip glass, lip gloss at Zephora, at Ulta Beauty? Is it going to be sold on Amazon? Like, I, is it going to be sold on the Applebee's food website? So when I place an order for food, I can also order a lip gloss. Like, I don't. It just doesn't make sense how this fits in. I don't see how this fits in. And I was on Twitter and I was seeing people, you know, talking about, oh my God, this is genius. I'm definitely going to get one. No, you're not. You're not going to get one. You know, you're not going to get one. It's just not, you know, I'm really big on people staying in their lanes. And I feel like Applebee's, listen, if, if you want to, if you want to expand, sell some t-shirts, sell some mugs. You know what I mean? Sell some 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 dishware. Something. Stay within your lane, but the lip gloss? No. I I, I don't know. I don't think so. So it's I guess it's womp womp to Applebee's, but really womp womp to the person who thought this was a good idea. Like I would love to meet these individuals. I would like for them to reveal themselves. And I'm I'm surprised that I haven't actually seen the person behind this decision because, you know, the shade room is pretty good at, at highlighting <laughs> and giving these types of details. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I don't know. This, 
I don't know. <laughs> Monkeypox is out here. Applebee's is selling lip gloss. Like, I don't know what this world is coming to. Like, this is crazy. Either way, we are now on to the meat of the show. So, like I said, there is a lot of tomfoolery happening in these streets. And I feel like it's just going to be what it is. Like, I don't think there's ever going to be a dull moment. I think that the society is just getting weirder and weirder as the seconds roll by. So, I'm not sure if you guys heard about this story. I mean, if you guys are real social media followers, like, the shade room followers, Blavity followers, then you definitely, definitely heard about this. If you guys are from New York City, in particular Brooklyn, then you definitely know about this story. So last Sunday, actually about a week ago, um, this story broke loose. So this guy goes by, well, his name is Bishop Whitehead, but apparently the media knows him as the bling bling bishop, the bling bling pastor. So last week, the bling bling pastor, the bling bling bishop, Bishop uh, Whitehead, um, was robbed at gunpoint in the middle of his church service that was taking place in Canarsie, Brooklyn. Now, when I first heard this, I'm like, I don't know if I'm really shocked about this. You know, it is Canarsie. <laughs> It is Brooklyn. Like, this can't be the first time that something like this has happened. But because of his notoriety of being the bling bling uh, pastor and his, you know, staunch advocacy for Mayor Adams, he's gotten a lot of, of you know, press. So I guess this is why it's a thing. So essentially... You know, during the church service, because you were able to see, I think it was live streamed and then many people were sending in videos. So I was able to see this, you know, what happened. I, I was able to see the angles and all that. So in the middle of this church service, you know, he's in the middle of his sermon. And then apparently, I guess, three to four masked gunmen walk into this church. And I believe um, when I was reading the reports afterwards, that there were about 100 parishioners in this church. It's not a mega church. This is a Canarsie, you know, hot box church, right? For those of you who don't know what that means, in New York City, there's like 15 churches on a block. They're probably, I don't know, I'm not good with uh, metrics, but it's a small facility, you know, um, on one of these blocks where people just enter in and, you know, they worship. So, in the middle of the church service, these men bust up in there with their masks and their guns. And you see the pastor, you know, like he sees them from where he's at on the pulpit, obviously, because he's facing the door. And he's just like, all right, all right, all right. He gets down to the floor. You hear gasps that are going on in the audience. You see his deacon or, I don't know, associate bishop sitting to the, I guess, I think it was like the right or the left looking unbothered, I might say, I guess because he's like, I know where I'm at. <laughs> so this is, I'm not phased by this activity. Sitting there just literally unbothered. And then you see, you know, uh, one man, one masked man go up, I guess, pat the, the, the preacher takes something because apparently I think 
he they took uh, $400,000 worth of jewelry off of him alone. His wife had another, I guess, I don't know, maybe a couple hundred thousand dollars worth of jewelry. But, you know, you see them, you don't see it exactly in their hand, but they grab something, I guess, at some point. Then you see another person go back to the same pastor who's on the floor and you see them tugging at his neck. So I am guess they're trying to get some chains off his neck. And then you see like a third person. I don't know if it's the same guy that went back three times. But you see for a third time, an individual goes back to the pastor again. Looks like they're patting him down again, getting into his pockets. As he's leaving the pulpit, he drops what might be a ring, picks it up again, walks out, you know, nonchalantly. And then it looks like a fourth time. It, this another individual or the same individual goes back again, I guess, does a fourth check. And then at that point, you see this person like running out of the church. I guess at that point, they realize, guys, we've been up in here too long. We we need to get out of here before, you know, we get caught. Apparently, one of the mass gunmen aimed a gun at the bishop's daughter and then took jewelry from the mother who was holding the baby. Right. So all of this was happening. Now, many people are confused, rather confused as to what the hell took place here, right? Because here we're like, oh my gosh, this bishop got robbed, you know, on national, I don't know, television, whoever the hell's watching his live streams, you know, in the in front of his 100 members that were there that day. Like, this is crazy. Like, what the hell is happening? Me being Haitian American, I have witnessed live kidnappings um, on Facebook taking place in Haiti. So I can't say that I'm so shocked, <laughs> at these activities, unfortunately. This is the society we live in. But watching this, I was just like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Can't say I was alarmed and, and, and concerned as much. I was just like, you know, I know where I live. I know what the borough of Brooklyn has to offer. I know what Canarsie has to offer. And knowing that he's the bling bling bishop, Homeboy literally is Gucci down to the socks, drives a Beamer Benz and Bentley and wears no less than $400,000 worth of jewelry at any given time. I'm surprised that this didn't happen sooner, right? Like, how is this the first time you were robbed in your church at gunpoint in Canarsie wearing all of this weight, right? That's really what I was, what I was questioning. But many of you guys um, are questioning the validity of this, this situation, period, meaning you guys find that Bishop Bling Bling fabricated this whole situation, tend to be more frank. You guys think he's lying, that this was a setup and that he knew the individuals that came into the church and robbed him and that this was some sort of plot or, you know, or, or ploy to, you know, make an insurance claim and get money that way. Since this situation has taken place, there have been many reports in the newspapers, reputable newspapers, that Pastor Bling Bling, Bishop Bling Bling, um, has been involved in multiple scams, have scammed members of his congregation. And I think there, there's one incident where he is actually currently actively being sued by a parishioner um, who he allegedly defrauded out of $90,000 United States currency. 
So apparently this is not the first time Bishop Bling Bling has been involved in some sort of scam. Now, I don't remember if he is actually from Canarsie. I think he is. Those of you who know, Canarsie is known for its scamming. Like that's just what it is, right? Fly looking individuals, Gucci down to the socks, Bima Bez and Bentleys, you know, pinky rings, you know, all this sort of stuff. They're coming out of Canarsie. And they're funding their behavior through scamming activities, right? That That's, I mean, it's not a secret. We know what it is, right? I'm not saying everybody from Canarsie because I have family there. But the Canarsie is known for this. You know, every segment of Brooklyn is known for something. Okay, these guys are shooters. These guys are this. Canarsie is known for scamming. It is what it is. So a lot of you guys think that homeboy is lying. You think that Bishop homeboy is lying and essentially set this up so that he could, you know, gain insurance money after the fact. And to be very honest, I, I too believe that there may be some teeth to that comb. There may be some merit to that argument because you know what? Where there is smoke, there is a fire somewhere. Now, I know this man is allegedly a man of the cloth. And so, you know, you can't really speak too ill of, uh, you know, somebody who is allegedly a follower of Christ. And I have to say allegedly because I don't know him much. I could just say from, you know, what I have seen even as of recently with him in the media and him having interviews, the men of God that I know, and listen, we all fall short of the glory of God, right? We are all sinners at the end of the day, just because he's a preacher, just because he's a bishop, just because he's a man allegedly of the cloth. Um, it doesn't mean that he is, you know, he is not perfect. He is human, just like all of us. And he can fall too, right? He is not above reproach. However, the men of God that I know, right, are not out here on IG Live and on podcasts, fat shaming individuals. I watched it with my own eyes. I've seen the interview. So I'm not out here just ear hustling. They're not out here, you know, making homophobic statements, they're not here looking like they're about to snap somebody's neck in 2.5 seconds. They're not doing all of that. And so his character, I think, has been revealed a lot as of recently because I wasn't following Bishop Bling Bling before. I've, I've really just, I mean, I've heard of Bishop Bling Bling throughout, you know, uh, Mayor Adams' mayoral uh, race. That's how I, I, you know, found out about uh, Bishop Bling Bling. But as of recently, now that he is essentially on just just out there in the open, like everybody is following him, like more and more is being revealed about Bishop Bling Bling. Now, it is very clear to me and probably most of you that the bishop is from the streets. The bishop is a born again. The bishop gave his life to Christ. And that's why. Uh, you know, he is where he is. This man, <laughs> this man um, is from the streets. This this man has has dealt in street activity. And he might still be dealing with street activities. You know, it is what it is. Like I said, he's not perfect. He's human just like all of us. But a lot of you guys are very skeptical and very, very, um, very, very critical of this situation. And I think that if Blish, Blishop, if Bishop Bling Bling were to, I don't know, be a little low-key about this, maybe there wouldn't be as much criticism. But Homeboy, you know, is posting videos about his, I don't know, G-Wagon, his Bentley, um, you know, it's the way that he's doing it. And I will, I will go on record to say this. 
as somebody who's been a lifelong Christian, I have I grew up in the church. I'm from the church. Um, I've been part of multiple churches, you know. Um, again, we are all not perfect. We all fall short. I think the other side of this conversation, and I'll go into that a little later, is that just because he's a bishop, just because he's a man of God, allegedly, does not mean that he does not deserve nice things. It doesn't mean that he can't have a Beamer Benz and a Bentley. It doesn't mean that he can't walk around wearing $500,000 worth of jewels or he, he cannot possess these things, right? Just because he's a bishop, it doesn't mean that he cannot have these earthly things. And I think that a lot of you guys um, who have been commenting because, you know, my eyes are all over social media, especially with this story, because you guys just keep sending it to me. Um, it's 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 not that he can't have these things. In fact, God calls us to be our greater selves. God wants us to be blessed and to be prosperous and to have riches. He wants us to have nice things. You know, pastors, preachers, bishops, priests, whatever you want to call them, they do not need to be paupers. They do not need to be, you know, one step away from being homeless because they are you know, sharers of the good word because they have a flock. I think what some of the concern and what leads people to, you know, to really criticize and critique Bishop Bling Bling is that his church is in the middle of Canarsie in the hood, right? His church is in the hood. His church is a hot box. It's like a two by two by four, two by four. I don't know. You know, whatever. You know, I'm not good in metrics, but you guys know what I mean. It's a box. It's like maybe the size of my bedroom. I don't know. Um, And it's from what I understand, and I could be corrected, you know, from later reports. But from what I understand, it's a rented facility, right? It's a rented facility in Canarsie, in the middle of the hood. Um, And it's a hot box. I mean, I don't even know if the HVAC system is working up in that place. And so people are like, how is it that you have your church in the middle of the hood, rented, not owned by you, right? You don't own this property. You don't own this church. Um, and you are walking around with no less than $400,000 worth of jewelry at any given time. You have, you know, $500,000 vehicle right because i think that bentley i think they they because you know you guys you guys go in appraised it <laughs> um you know for half a million dollars you know what i mean it's like okay this is your flock this is your church you know what like why why aren't you contributing to your church in a sense like why why don't you own a building to put your parishioners in why is it not you know, a bigger facility. Now, I will say with respect to the whole hood thing, I mean, the hood needs the church too, guys. You know what I mean? Like if if we can't move the church, the churches to the suburbs, we can't move every single church to like, you know, the Upper West Side. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, like you have to meet the people where they are. So I will push back on that because you guys were going in on on this piece as to why like you know how are you the bling bling pastor and you got your church in the hood the these people are not moving 
like to the Upper West Side. They don't live in the Upper West Side. So you got to you got to meet the people where they are. So if the people are in the hood, then the church has to be in the hood. But what I will say is that you could own the building in the hood. Right. You could, you know, have a nicer looking church. You could have a, 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 a better facility for your members who are in the hood. Right. You can do all these things. Um, so a lot of people are criticizing him in that sense where it's like, dude, you are not a man of God. You are just some ex, you know, drug dealer or ex whatever scammer in these streets. And you are using the church as a front to wash your money. Right now, I have watched a lot of TV. I have watched power to know enough. <laughs> When it comes to, you know, stores being used as fronts um, and and, you know, the whole washing money situation. I didn't really know much of that before, but power put me on. And I can tell you that for those of you who are saying that this is what's happening here, I I cannot say that you are wrong, like based on the conditions and based on how things are going and 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 all of these little facts. I would not be surprised if church of whatever his the church's name is is a front and is really there to wash money. You know, I, I, I would not be shocked, but either way, either way, this story like is the gift that keeps on giving because I think it was, yes, it was a uh, Friday. Actually, it was Friday. Um, he held a press conference. Now I don't know how many people were actually part of this uh, press conference, but he held a press conference um, where he declared himself, and it sounded like he was proud almost to say this, that he is the first, I don't remember if he said if he was the first bishop or first pastor to ever be robbed in New York. And he went further to say that he is waiting to be contacted by Governor Kathy Hochul. So basically, he has raised this to a level of, I guess, national security or state security, where he is now calling upon the governor, you know, the governor, specifically named the governor, and is calling upon politicians to sit down with him to have a conversation because he is the first ever preacher slash bishop to be robbed in New York. Now, I can tell you without even going on the internet to do a Google search, that this cannot be true. He cannot be. <laughs> I mean, it just doesn't make sense for him to have even said that. But I guess, you know, those of you who are calling him a narcissist, this is probably where you guys are right. He cannot be the first pastor, bishop, church, whatever, to ever be robbed in New York. This is New York. This is Brooklyn. Not possible. Not possible. But the fact that he stood before however many people were in this crowd to essentially state and declare himself the first ever. Like, I understand the first ever to, you know, go to space, the first black woman to, you know, to, I don't know, you know, become a doctor. Like, you know, the, you you usually invoke the first when it, there's something positive. But he, it, you know, he he declared that he is the first ever pastor slash bishop or whatever uh, to be robbed. He also has called for uh, preachers and pastors, or I guess people of the cloth to receive gun licenses so they can carry pistols so they can protect themselves. 
Um, so that so maybe that's what he's, he wants the governor and them to work on. I don't know. But it was the audacity for me. It was the audacity for me, the press conference that he held. Like, I, I mean, listen, people are robbed every single day. Right. And it's not even just in New York, but every day churches are robbed all the damn time. This is not the first. This will not be the last, sir. You know what I mean? So to kind of make this about you, this is why people believe that this thing is a hoax and that he was really trying to get that insurance money. And this was a plot gone wrong because I have never seen such a spectacle. I have never seen. And I I think I think the reason that I guess it also gained so much um, press is that, you know, $400,000 worth of jewelry was taken off of him. I think people are just shocked at the fact that, dude, you were walking around with $400,000 worth of jewelry and you and you were wearing it. All this wealth and affluence in your hot box church in front of your members who live down the block, you know, in the projects like or or whatever situation i mean like it just doesn't make sense so i think people are really just like they were really more so shocked about that like that that headline is really what killed a lot of people like four hundred thousand dollars worth of what now like you gotta be bugging and then now he just hasn't been making things worse or he hasn't been making things better rather by going on all of these interviews and really just like spewing hatred turning up you know, like I know Jesus had a temper and he flipped tables, but that was for cause. <laughs> like that was for cause. You know what I mean? Like this is a so- totally different situation. Like this pastor is just like literally going off the ri- like he he literally was fat shaming this woman and getting at her, calling her Biggie. Um, like her name is not Biggie. <laughs> like getting at her weight, getting at her weight, like ridiculous like ridiculous like this guy like I do not feel the Holy Spirit emanating through this man I do not see Jesus in him like it's crazy and again like I said we all fall short and I guess with maybe everything going on and the pressure and the stress of all of this stuff going on like the flesh is appearing what we're seeing is flesh we're not seeing his spirit I can only hope that Bishop bling bling you know gets gets his life together, gets his character together because what's happening here and what I have been seeing. And I think this is maybe one of the more important pieces of this whole like segment um, is that people who are non-believers and maybe even those who are believers, but like we're on the fence are looking at this and they're like, this is a mockery, a mockery to religion, a mockery to, you know, individuals who wear the cloth. And it's, it's it's doing a disservice in a sense to the ministry because people are watching and not everybody has a foundation. And, uh, and a lot of times, like that's why they say like, especially as Christians. And I think this goes for any, anybody who's in a religion, whether it's, you know, Islam or whatever the case is, you know, people, you interact with people every single day and you never know if you are going to be the light. You, ne- you you never know if you are going to be that good word. And a lot of times it's not what you're saying, it's through your actions that people are seeing the Christ in you and people are seeing maybe the Allah in you. 
people are seeing, you know, the, the, the good in you. It's through your actions. And a lot of people learn religion or let me not say religion, but spirituality and they experience spirituality and they experience, you know, the goodness of it through watching others. Right. And so when you have individuals like Bishop Bling Bling going off the way that he did again, you know, whether the robbery was real or fake, you know, I don't know. I mean, at this point, I wouldn't be shocked if it, if it wasn't. But how he's carrying on afterwards on these interviews, on these IG lives and all these other things, like the words that are coming out of his mouth, the spirit that you're feeling when he's literally turning up and getting at people and degrading people, degrading women and, and, and fat shaming women and, 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 homo, and, and, and engaging in homophobic statements and, and behavior or whatever the case is, like somebody who's like not a believer or somebody who even is a believer will be turned off from that. And that, that, you know, action or those actions can be enough to turn somebody off from God, period. In general, like forever, maybe, right? So you have to be careful. And again, we're all fallible. We all make mistakes. We all, you know, fall short. But at, I, I feel like I do hold the men and women of the cloth to a higher standard because guess what? You took that oath. You made that life decision. You made, uh, you answered that call to serve, you know, at a higher level and to lead flocks. And so you have to be extra careful when you are presenting yourself on public platforms you have to be careful as to how you come off. You can't come out being thug, thugnificent. And in one of his interviews, I'm like, this, this is not a man of God. This is a thug. This is thugnificent in the flesh, like the new version. You know what I mean? So we have to be really, really careful. Those of you who are holding these titles and who are men and women of these cloths, you have to be careful. And it's not just that you cannot make mistakes and you can't fold down, but you at some point you have to like step away then, right? Like, you know what? My spirit is not right right now. This whole situation has shaken me up. I'm not in the best place for me to, you know, to be a representative of the most high. I need to, you know, I need to step back. Guys, please, my, you know, my actions or whatever, this, this is not, this is not me. This is not what, Christianity or godlike behavior looks like, like say something, right? I would respect that more that you are going through your human experience, you're going through your flesh experience, that you take a step back because what you're doing is it's dangerous. You may be you may be turning people off from God, religion, or whatever, just based off of your presentation. Right. So I think that, you know, that's kind of where I wanted to go with all of this. Like the story is the gift that keeps on giving. It's interesting. Um, we're going to be I mean, we're probably going to be talking about this for maybe another week and then maybe it might, you know, die. We'll see what else Bishop Bling Bling. I mean, because right now he's currently in investigation. I think he's being sued. I know that much is for sure uh, by a parishioner because he apparently swindled her out of ninety thousand dollars. And this is just one of one of the many accusations that are out there. But. I mean, it's crazy. It's crazy. And so I I look forward to hearing more about this developing story. Did he know the robbers? Did he set this up for insurance scam? 
I want to know. I want to know. And I do want to see what he does um, in, in, a, in a way, like how does he come back from all of this? I would love to see this. So either way, guys, that was a lot. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Media, powered by Black Ivy Media. Be sure to follow us on According to RP, Black Ivy Media and WJMS Media on Instagram. Um, you know, just so you guys could learn about some of the latest happening, some of the events that are happening. Um, and we are going to be doing, you know, some random Instagram lives. You know, there's going to be a lot more happening. So definitely tune in, uh, follow up with us. And if you guys have any questions or if you would like to be a guest on the show, definitely send us an email at info at blackivymedia.com or slip into the DMs at Black Ivy Media or according to RP or WJMS Media. And with that being said, everybody, I will talk to you guys next. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. Can't wait to come back.